Recording in progress. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't give her a British accent. Like, well, I guess Siri doesn't have a British accent. Whatever. <laughs> I think like Star Trek, I guess. Actually, she doesn't have a British accent either. Whatever. Recording in process. If you just give it in. <laughs> Recording in progress. Like some dude from Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Recording in progress. <laughs> like Spread them cheeks. <laughs> Spread them cheeks wide. Recording is in progress. <laughs> Recording progress. Oh shit! Today, <laughs> oh shit! Uh, that one got me tears. Today yeah, we're gonna do a little bit of uh, role playing. We're, no, we're gonna boy, do cyber sex this. role playing. We're gonna do cyber sex role playing. Yeah. Word. Mm-hmm. ASL. Mm-hmm. Is that a thing that yeah. happens? When people cyber, do they do cyber role play? Do they do they do role play? Yeah, I'm sure that's what like uh, like streams and shit are like. You know, uh, I want to know this: Are there mm-hmm. people still in primitive web 1.0 chat rooms having cyber sex? Like aim like AOL AOL instant messenger chat room. Well, not even. I'm talking like the attic, like. Yeah, HTML chat sites. They never got out of that. They've just been in that for been in it since like ninety seven, ninety six, whenever. It's like being in a digital coma, man. You like wake up and see like, oh shit, motherfuckers are. There's Twitter, Facebook. You're just totally left in the dust because, and all you're thinking about is ASL and somebody. Well, people talk about. No, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say people talk about like the glory days of the internet, like. Um, you're. We need to find those people because those are the people who are living the internet like pure and uncut. Like they're you. You mean the way it was envisioned? Yeah. You mean the way it was envisioned as like this utopia and this like uh, uh was it what is it, like a like a modern day symposium of John ideas? John Perry Barlow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I had I had cyber sex on the WWF chat room one time. <laughs> How is that? Well, now that it, the more I know, it was you know, it was probably not who I thought it was. But <laughs> you're gonna find someone's. You you're gonna find someone's list of like best cyber sex I ever had. You're gonna be like number thirteen on it. Number yeah, thirteen. Like Fuck. And <laughs> I used to do so like a thing that used to happen was they would say like real WWE wrestlers are going to be joining the chat room and Dude. their names would always be like real Dwayne the Rock Johnson yeah, or Will, real Rashiki. Yeah, but it was like their real government names. Yeah. So, but like you could also just put real whatever. And I used to yeah. go in there and say I was Sean Sean the Heartbreak Kid Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> I may have solicited cyber sex as the real Michael Higginbottom. <laughs> that was his real name. You put in notches under his belt. Mm, shit. That man's going to get canceled because of my early internet. Because of you, yo. Yeah. Somebody's going to go back like, in 25, 20, 25 years and be like, yo, this mother- the heartbreak kid. I thought he was a Christian. Yeah. Wrong. He's an internet deviant. I wonder if anyone ever tried to like pass off being Owen Hart. Like after the accident, they were like, "You ever had sex with a? You ever had cyber sex with a ghost?" <laughs> and somebody's mind is blown, and like actually thought that like they're hearing from Owen Hart from beyond the grave, mm-hmm. and he's trying to fuck me. <laughs> I I wanted today to do a little bit of um, uh, role playing. 
Mm. Please, if you would please entertain me. Uh, Aaron, you are going to be the judge. You're the judge. Okay. Okay? Mm. Um, You, I don't know if you've ever wanted to be a judge before, but today you're putting on that black robe. Putting on a robe. And you're picking up your gavel. I got it. You're Judge bang, Judy. Bang. Putting on the white wig. Yeah. Putting on the picking up the uh the bong as a as a gavel as a gavel. The, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Don't knock the shit too hard though. Don't want it to break. Yeah. That's right. Um and uh I'm going to be what what's what's going on here is on a episode from I think the the Patreon episode from two weekends ago. Tom and I engaged in a friendly back and forth, uh, arguing our case uh, over whether who was the more annoying group, pre-med students or whiny grievance-based professors. And now I did something on that episode I don't usually do. Which is, I hit the devil's advocate button. It's like an escape. He did. It was a cowardly move, I'll be honest with you, but he did. <laughs> he said, let me. I said, no, he's not. He said, just let me. I said, no, he's not. Why you would have played the devil, Terrence? Why you would have And the then devil, out of nowhere. I'm advocating. Boom, he hit it. I'm, it's not, I'm not playing the devil. I'm advocating for the devil. You're advocating for the devil. Okay. Mm. Okay. Well, my cl- there, yeah. That was my previous work. You know, I I uh, got to where I am now because of that work. Because yeah, you were you were the devil was your top. <laughs> because line. of a pact you made at the crossroads. That's right. <laughs> I sold my soul to be a moderately successful podcast. That's right. <laughs> and the devil looked at me and said, "Son, I don't say this often, but uh, maybe aim higher." <laughs> so no thanks. You're better than that. No thanks, Bezelbub. I know exactly where I need to be. This is my station in life. <laughs> I'm the lowest rung in notoriety. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, All right. I'll well, be the judge. Okay, so that we filed a case, an amicus brief, and we filed the uh, the amicus, the briefie briefi, briefi. And, um, uh, you know, that, that case wound its way through the circuit court and the lower ninth court yeah. the lower ninth circuit of hell court appellate court yeah and uh now it's back before us and i want to submit an appeal as the defense attorney for one maitland jones who we discussed in this uh, in this episode professor maitland jones professor maitland jones yes Dang, that's ought to be good yes All right. I would submit your evidence. I would like to submit to the court Mm. for everyone to see my case that Maitland Jones, as outlined in the aforementioned case number (laughs) X249-B37. He's going for it again. I'll let you know. He's going for it again. (laughs) I see what you're doing. See what you're doing. I can tell by the way he's wiggling. Objection. Your Honor, I'm doing my job. I'm just doing my job. I wasn't even ready for it. (laughs) I would just... Am I supposed to say that? Sustained. Sustained. Okay, you heard him. Mr. Sexton, sit down. Sit your ass back down. I've been sustained. I would like to submit in this case, aforementioned case, that the evidence 
as it is so presented to us before us today, before the court. Stephen Root, ladies and gentlemen. That, <laughs> that, that Maitland Jones was inexorably justified in his punishment of pre-med students in organic chemistry at New York University. (laughs) Foghorn Leghorn. (laughs) Mr. Jones was justified, and I'll submit to the court this article in the New York Times today. These doctors admit they don't want patients with disabilities. When granted anonymity in focus groups, physicians let their guards down and shared opinions consistent with the experiences of many people with disabilities. I would just like to point out to the court that this article goes on to demonstrate that doctors are psychopaths. <laughs> and where do they learn their psychopathy, Your Honor? At the university. And my mm. defendant, my client, Maitland Jones, was just trying to to even the score a little bit and I hand it back over to you your honor if you would like to call a witness or the prosecution here this bitch ass prosecution the bitch, <laughs> the bitch ass prosecution across from me <laughs> the pros- my god uh, prosecution state your uh, name for the record and, uh, I, you I rest I can't <laughs> I can't offer I can't practice law in these conditions he, he folded <laughs> I am the best defense lawyer. The best. This side of the Dixon. I can't challenge Shelby Foote in the court of law. (laughs) (laughs) He's the... It's real bulldog. Uh, If you want the full details of that, you're going to have to go to the Patreon. It's a... that's that's how law works now. They they're, they're going to start paywalling certain legal cases like Yeah, like precedent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you got to go to the tier, you got to go like to yeah. how how much ever it is what tier to get that shit. Wonder who the sick fucks going to be to go pay <laughs> to get to the Casey Anthony details from out behind the paywall. <laughs> Yo, that's like the perfect mixture of true crime and like, you know, and like a uh, reality shit, man. Uh-huh. Well, oh, the details of that case was that Maitland Jones, an organic chemistry professor at New York University, was fired for being too hard on his pre-med students. And I just got to say, fuck him. He should have been harder. He should have been, been harder, harder man. <laughs> should have made him quit. Your Honor, Your Honor, fuck him. Fuck him. <laughs> Sustain. <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, low-key, though, you kind of got to be like a... Uh, I mean, no offense to any doctors out there, but uh, I don't know, man. Not that I'm squeamish or anything, but to deal with the human body and to deal with illness and ailments and shit, man, you got you to gotta have something going on, man. Viscera and blood and guts. Yeah, there's got to be something going on up there. So to you're saying that, but, to you know. be a doctor, you have to be a sociopath, is what you're saying. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much Fascinating. I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it's. <laughs> you have to major in sociopathy. You have to see the body as just a bag of meat that you can, like, saw up if you would like, if it so exactly. fits your... Exactly. Your exactly. desires. I see. Okay. That's when they that's when they take you to like the uh don't don't they have those parks, man, where bodies are decaying and shit like that for like med students and shit to like observe like that's dead called Neyland Stadium, University of Tennessee. Hmm. <laughs> that's why they're so good at football. Yeah, well they have, they're about they're about to learn week after that this week. Yeah, when they play UK and get get and they beat UK's ass by 
35. Oh, that's not what's going to happen. <laughs> Bro, I'm not got... saying that because every year I talk some shit and they beat us. Dude, right. do you know that scene in Lord of the Rings where they like got the army of the dead behind them and they fucking sweep through that orc camp and just wipe everybody? That's what fucking Tennessee has with them, dog. They got an army of the dead. They play on a graveyard. They play with no honor. <laughs> I'm sorry. They play with no honor. Yeah, good. You beat you beat Alabama, a team that's overachieved for ten goddamn years because they've played exactly three true road games in that time. <laughs> There's currently a conspiracy theory going around that the ref, like someone, snapped this single call from a ref where he like does the touchdown thing and he seems to do like a, a hell yeah after he does the touchdown like for Tennessee. So that's like oh, evidence yeah. that he had he had the over. Oh, that he's favorite that he's like favorite he's a yeah. favoritism. Yeah. yeah. He had well, the, uh, yeah. I will go ahead and tell everybody pro sports are one hundred percent fixed. Hmm. I'm yeah. convinced, man. Like all these fuck goddamn gambling sites getting in cahoots into business with the leagues. Yeah. I've seen For a real, lot of really, I've they? seen a lot of th- I've seen the listen, I'm not Is that saying, a conflict of interest? You would think. But yeah. Your Honor. I don't know. We'll People take it just... to court next week, maybe. Yeah, we'll take that one to court next week. This yeah, week, we got to get to the bottom of the end of history. Oh, God. And Man. what exactly that phrase means. My boy, Frankie F. The thing is, is like, I, I'm so fucking dumb. Like, I, uh, when I sent this to you guys on the group chat, I did not know that the end of history was announced like the Pope every few years. I, I, I was under the impression that, like, <laughs> Fukuyama just dropped this this week. Like, yo, his end of history is still... This time, it's, it's still it's, doing... It's real. It's yeah. real. This time, it's, it's like over. That guy, who was that guy? Was it Hal Lindsey that used to predict the end of the world all the time? And then every well, time like, it would come and go, he'd say, actually, no. God said it's not yet time. Ten years the from The real now. time is... So Fukuyama's kind of doing the same thing, moving the goalposts a little bit on the end of history. Seems like, dude, you. Well, I, I thought he, I thought he came back though. I thought I was confused because I thought he came back like I don't know when. Maybe it's like two thousands. And I thought that he said, I thought he said he was wrong, and reneged on the end of history. And now he's coming back to confirm it. No, I was actually right the first time. I mean, well, I don't know if you search for it on Google. He in two thousand eighteen. Said that the, actually, that's a good comparison, Tom. The, 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 like the the prophet who's constantly wrong and has to like update it. But it's weird. It's it's like it's not the end of the world that he's predicting. Uh, what is apocalypse. what is it that Fukuyama's predict? What is what's this cat's deal? I got as a <laughs> he's a guy I always hear people talk about. I've heard this phrase "end of history." I've even invoked it a time or two ignorantly. Mm-hmm. I was like, Terrence, man, it feels like it's the end of history, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and Terrence is not like worried. About it. And he's like, Yeah, it's man, you're end, so man. right. You're so right. And I'm like, bro, it's like we don't even make cinema anymore, right? We just make we just make reboots and Marvel movies. Like, bro, it's the end of history. And he's just like a good sport about it. like, damn. Well, anyway, uh, I use that shit for everything, man. Going to the gas station, they don't got no hot fries. It's the end of history. They don't got my cigarettes. It's the end of history. Man. Yeah. You just like look at the cashier and say, you know what this means, don't you? <laughs> Going in your wallet, shaking your head while you're looking at your wallet. It's the end, end of history. history. <laughs> yeah. 
I have to, uh, for my day job, I have to meet with uh, Deborah Holland tomorrow, who's the Secretary of the Interior. Holy shit. Uh, Wait, for real? Yeah, for real. For real. <laughs> like, this woman's like eight heartbeats away from the presidency, and they say, you know what? We'll send Sexton to go meet with her for now. <laughs> we'll send the podcaster. Yeah. yeah, we'll send this limp dick. So I got to go, and I thought, and we're talking about, like, uh, land problems in Appalachia, which is also hilarious because she's, like, famously, like, the first Native American person that served in a presidential cabinet. Hmm. And it, there's just something that's just going to be weird about me saying – the coal companies are destroying my land. <laughs> to a native woman. Yeah. You'd be like, Join the club. Yeah. But now I got a new approach. Yeah. First off, I'm going to make a PowerPoint. And the first slide is going to be a wallet, like a clip art wallet with cobwebs in it. <laughs> I'm going to say, Appalachia's first problem is this, Madam Secretary. And it's just going to be that clip art wallet with cobwebs in it. There's no money. We got we got no money, we got no jobs, we got no cash, no jobs, and no hope. And no history, apparently. Yeah, no history. And then, you know what I'm going to turn to and say, boys? Madam Secretary, it's almost <laughs> as if it's the end of history. <laughs> I, I rest, it, I cede my time. <laughs> he's going to stroke her chin and be like, you know what, he's right. Yeah. yeah. She, oh, I mean, shit. she is better positioned to know being as close as she is to power that you know if we really are at the end ask her if they have that at fort knox like if if they're storing the gold and the end of history at fort knox yeah i'll say listen if i got uh if i have an audience with you i gotta ask three things you're close enough to the reins of power (laughs) one what's joe (laughs) what's what's brandon like in person (laughs) two (laughs) my my podcast co-host was unable to get the password to fort knox off the of governor of kentucky maybe you have that information <laughs> no reason in a text a dm and then number three is there no more history left is there no more history are we three, out of history seems like we're the cupboard's running low of history mm-hmm. where you at on that they got a manila folder that just says it's stamped you're, end you're, of history you're six to eight heartbeats away from the president. See, I have not checked the line of succession lately, but surely you've had to think about this in case, you know, six were to mysteriously die overnight, and there yeah. you are on the precipice of history. If you have some uh, designated survivor type of situation, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, I have to obviously preface all of this conversation with the, you know, uh, you know, with the caveat that I've not read the book or the famous essay about the end of history. Why would you read it? Why would you read it? We, we, we listen, man. We don't. We, we talk about things on here without reading anything, without doing any, uh, uh, you know, uh, foresight or knowledge, man. It's fine. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, you're getting a tardy boy's take on exactly. the end of history. Um, I mean, and honestly, the tardy boards are, are who you want to analyze exactly. if we're at the end of history because we're going to be late. So exactly. we're going to be late. will already be over. <laughs> history will already be over. We'll be late to the end of history. People are like, yo, you know that shit ended like a while back though, right? <laughs> <laughs> Did not get the memo. Damn. Did not get the memo. Sir. Damn, history's just kind of ran away, got away from us. <laughs> As I, well, you say the top ran away from me. Yeah, history did ran away. As I understand it, his argument is not that, that, you know, 
history is static and that nothing can move forward. I don't, that's not his argument. His argument is that liberal democracy is the apogee of human social development and political development. And so there's no... The apogee as in like the top point or the apogee environmental company we used to work for. The, <laughs> it's, it's the consulting firm we used to work for that paid us $6 an hour and... <laughs> And told us to just, just, just chill out on demanding your on paychecks on time. <laughs> yeah, it's not, not that serious. Made, made us kill what we eat out on the road. <laughs> um, oh, but uh, you know, so like I, this obviously dropped in the Atlantic this week. Like, yo, Fukushima or Fukuyama was like, yo, the uh, history is definitely still over in my mind i was like damn dude because like i'm a dumbass and i see everything in the most alarmist terms possible so i'm like damn dude it's fucking crazy and significant that he would say this right now like during all this ukraine stuff in this moment he must be right in this moment not not so much that he's right, just so much that it's significant that he's saying it, Said it. now. Mm. But I get on Google to look and see if he said it at any other time since he released the first end of history in not, like the early 90s after the Soviet Union fell. Mm. And it turns out that he has actually said it at least one other time. It, 9-11? It was not 9-11. Would you... Would you care to take a guess as to what he said challenged yes liberal democracy and the end of history would you i would got guess? this would you i take got this. i don't think you'll i don't think you guys will ever get it i, I really don't think you'll get it this one's kind of a this curveball the challenger blew up <laughs> <All the texts. laughs> no uh, when they when they broke or when they uh when they uh introduced sprite remix <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> Also when, no. Uh, huh. Also no. But you're when they brought getting... the McRib back out in '97, <laughs> uh, season finale of The Sopranos. You're getting kind of warmer, I guess. For real, it's, it's a media shit. No, it it's really. It kind of is. He, he he put out a book in 2018. This is in the New Yorker. He says that the thing that presents the biggest challenge to liberal democracy is. Identity politics. <laughs> wow, he's a right. chud. He's he not. Hard. He's. I think he's like a lit. He's a lit. Well, he's a li- he's a he's a liberal. I guess. Yeah. Like, does he just, does he believe there's a cancel culture? Like, what's where's he at on that? Well, that yeah. was before. I feel like cancel culture had really entered the lexicon. This was 2018. Mm. Um, and but know, hold he, up, doesn't liberal democracy allow for the like proliferation of I mean, even if they're like, even if they're like, uh, like insincere, but identity politics, right? The fact that like everybody, like not in a like bad, but you know what I'm trying to say? It's like, yo, everybody like has a different identity and this intersectionality and like liberal democracy affords people that like, you know what I'm saying? Freedom and self-autonomy and independence and shit, you know? Yeah. So I'm surprised he's complaining about identity politics. It is kind of surprising. You're right. I mean, he kind of, dude, the thing is, is he's kind of like the Kanye West of like elite tier think tank uh you know elite whisperer yeah. ideology crafters because 
This is what this article says. The demand for recognition, Fukushima, I keep saying Fukushima, Jesus. I guess in my mind, he does also have a kind of radioactive quality to quality him. To him. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's like the hat man. When you see him, therein follows pestilence and <laughs> disease and all manner of collapse. He's like the like the archangel of death. Yeah. The you know, our friend of the show who I've had on before, Jimmy Fallon Gong, said he was the harbinger of hubris. I think that's a good way to describe it. That's him. a pretty good way to put it. Um, that's pretty, pretty good way to put it. He says, I think, but his argument is kind of muddled, and that's why, like, because he, he tries to pack too much into this argument. This is from the New Yorker. The demand for recognition, Fukuyama says, is the quote-unquote master concept that explains all the contemporary dissatisfactions with the global liberal order. Vladimir Putin, Osama bin Laden, Xi Jinping, Black Lives Matter, Me Too, gay marriage, whoa, ISIS, whoa, Brexit. One of those things is not like the other, dog. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Campus identity politics, anti-immigration political movements, the election of Donald Trump. He, uh, he says it also explains the Protestant Reformation, the French Revolution, no. the Russian Revolution, Chinese communism, Nietzsche, Freud, Kant. Rousseau, I was just like, dude, come on. I, identity politics lended itself to Chinese communism. Okay, dog. It's kind of like, uh, like, that's why I was kind of saying it's like Kanye. It's like, he's just grabbing everything. And like Kanye, he's like fascinated with Hegel in this completely mm. like disembodied, uh, almost kind of navel gazy sense. Mm. Um, oh my God, man. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think this is all pretty. Why is the desire for recognition or identity politics, as Fukuyama calls it, a threat to liberalism? Because it cannot be satisfied by economic or procedural reforms. Having the same amount of wealth as everyone else or the same opportunity to acquire it is not a substitute for respect. Fukuyama thinks that political movements that appear to be about legal and economic equality, gay marriage or Me Too, are really about recognition and respect. Um, oh, word. Like, like the, the, the recognition and respect so that, like, I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, dude. Like, like I hate when people talk about the shit as if it's just a culture war, as if it doesn't affect people's material lives, you know? Yeah. Like, this is just an opinion or an attitude, and doesn't affect how somebody actually, like, lives throughout the world, man. Yeah, and then he starts throwing out Greek terms like megathelios or something. That's where he loses <laughs> me. <laughs> That's my eyes glaze over. I don't support that lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. Well, so, anyways, all of which just to say, he's, like I said, like the Pope being announced, the white smoke coming out of the Vatican, the, uh, the, the nuclear fallout from the Fukuyama reactor has once again darkened our skies, and he has, is once again intoned that the hit, the, the end of history is still ended. It's weird. It's like it's it's some it's almost weird. It's almost like a it's almost like if a biblical preacher or like a uh, you know what I'm saying like a mm. like a prophet or whatever like you were saying yeah. earlier, Tom. It's like if they were saying that the end times are already here and like mm. they didn't have to do a prophecy. They just kept they were just able to keep saying like no. The end times happened in the early 90s. The rapture happened already. It's already yeah. over. Yeah, it's already over. It's you know what's going to happen, boys? We're going to find ourselves at Davos or 
Aspen Ideas Institute, and we're going to be sitting there. All of a sudden, the lights are going to drop. And we're going to be like, what in the world? What's happening? And we're just going to hear... <laughs> Queuing up ACDC's House Bows. <laughs> but you know, it's just the first part. You know, it's just the first part. And then the lights come on. Fukuyama takes the stage. And then we're going to be like, fuck. We're back, I'm going to turn to the left. Or I'm going to turn to the right. And I'm going to say, boys, it might be the end of history. <laughs> <laughs> it just might be the end of history. God, um, yeah, man. So, but I also real quick too, I'm just kind of confused. Like, just like thinking about this thing, like even just like conceptually, like so. If history already ended, why you gotta re re reify the fact that it ended? Like, isn't it already done and over with? Like, I don't get it, man. Bro, let me tell you about something <laughs> called the tribulation period. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're living through right now. That's true. You'll have to refresh refresh my memory on that on that, Tom. What is the tribulation period? Is that that's after the rapture? That's after when, the rapture. That's if you didn't make it on the first trip, you got seven years to get it right, but you can't take the mark of the beast. I see. Okay. The two-edged oh. sword is you can't eat without taking the mark of the beast. So, oh, oh shit! It's like getting a colonoscopy. You just got right. liquid diets. Right. Exactly. It's a liquid diet. Live off grub worms, and all, and the whole time there's gonna be people trying to make you take the mark. So. Uh-huh. And shit. Yeah. In this case, a colonoscopy. I have a colonoscopy in December, and it's like weighing on my mind. So it's like right. the mark. Of that's the beast. your that's your mark of the beast. <laughs> Wait, and this is for seven years. Yeah, a seven year that's, colonoscopy. Whew, that's a long time. Um. Yeah. So, but okay, all right. So, <laughs> mark of the beast, uh, colonoscopies. Keep all that in mind. That mm. this is that's the that's the raw material we're going into this with. Like this this is true tardy boys. Like we are going into this completely ill equipped. Um, but as I told you guys last night, like it feels like this article is pure uncut ideology. Like truly, it's dangerous to be playing. This is like fentanyl in terms of ideology. Uh, truly, carry your Narcan, boys. Truly, because- this should have a warning. <laughs> this should have a warning, like you know, like a header and a warning that this is like harmful. Uh-huh. You know, we're gonna be this seasoning is, up is- like your. Uh, yeah. PD like Des Moines, Iowa PD, <laughs> yeah, sergeant. Oh shit! Son, um, this is flour. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do have to say, after reading it, my first impression was very much like, of all the things I've read and seen in the last year, I feel like was the most unnerving in terms of like, yeah, we're. We're heading towards uh, global military conflict and breakup of the world order that will probably end all human life as we know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if uh, Emmanuel the Emu and his owners don't do it first at this new <laughs> avian flu pandemic. <laughs> Dude, as a sidebar, that shit was fucking crazy. Like... To, for those of you who don't know what Tom just referenced, like, apparently the hurricane, is it Ian, like, kicked up some fucking microbes or virus or some shit, like an avian okay. flu that spread to this emu farm. 
of this like TikTok influencer, and it what? wiped out her like entire fucking. Wait, emo- this is the this is the hot chick with the emus. This is the hot chick with the emus, and she's like, there's like one. So like when I first, <laughs> <laughs> when, I first when I first saw this come across the TL, I was like, obviously like I'm a hater and I'm cynical, and I was just like, oh well, damn, she's like you know she's Fuck obviously emus. She's sad because her fucking, you know, money. Yeah, her friend just... and companion's <laughs> dying. What they, did, what they didn't tell you is that he's dying from a potentially lethal pathogen that could get out of control really quickly. Well, and she's it, over there, like, cuddling him in his dying moments and all the public health professors. So wait, is like, she pay, no, she pay, don't. There, <laughs> there, was, there was a photo of her, like, smooching it on the mouth and all these public. So wait, she's patient zero then, man. It was a classic example of, once again, all my least favorite actors jumping into the same ring because it's like TikTok influencer, who I obviously hate, and she's smooching an emu who's, like, dying from avian flu. But then you get, like, all of the MD Twitter people, you know, the, like the doctors who became so annoying during COVID. They're quote-tweeting it and being like, uh, medical professional here. Uh, well, actually, it, this is how this is how diseases get spread. <laughs> this is how you get emu AIDS. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I mean that's. I, yeah, I mean, how did we even get on that tangent? I don't know. I'm, God, so, I'm but... sorry. I was just talking about signs of the end. Signs of the end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, loss of uh, loss of emu life. Yeah. Mm. But. Well, we were talking about, like, I read this story, and I was more convinced than I've ever been of the end. Yeah. Not not as he says it. I mean, literally, the end of history. (laughs) The the end of human history. (laughs) Nuclear war. The end of existence. Yeah. Uh, Oh, shit. So, this is in the Atlantic, in the ideas section. Of course. I mean, you you got an idea as fucking... Much of a banger is this? You got to put it in the idea. There's only one way, only one place to go, boys. Yeah. It's, it's home. Um, this is in the Atlantic. More proof that this really is the end of history. Um, and it's such a clickbait title, bro. Yeah. It's such like a listicle sort of title, like you know, twelve crazy ways that you could do X, <laughs> Y, and Z, man. He More proof that this is really the end. He should have done it as a listicle, like seventeen signs that this really is. The end of history. I would have been more likely to believe it, man, honestly. Um, okay. Over the past decade, global politics has been heavily shaped by apparently strong states whose leaders are not constrained by law or constitutional checks and balances. Russia and China have both argued that liberal democracy is in long-term decline and that their brand of muscular authoritarian government as a sidebar. I love it when... People use muscular authoritarian, like fucking yeah. sexy ass motherfucking yeah, yeah. muscular, fuck yeah. sexy ass strong man, sexy ass veiny ass cock. Those fucking oily yeah, ass that, butt cheeks. Yeah, keep that fucking veiny cock in your pants, Putin. <laughs> you strong you man, you fucking son of a bitch. You fucking strong man, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man! Uh, oh, their brand of muscular authoritarian government is able to act decisively and get things done, while their democratic rivals debate, dither, and fail to deliver on their promises. These two countries were the vanguard of a broader authoritarian wave that turned back democratic gains across the globe, from Myanmar to Tunisia to Hungary to El Salvador. Okay, right. 
Uh, pause. Pause. <laughs> Just got to point out real quick, Frankie, that uh, ha- have you been paying attention to anything the CIA's been doing over the last 60, 70 years? Like overthrowing. Sure the CIA invited, invaded almost every country that he yeah, just listed. Yeah. Exactly. Every, <laughs> every government that has been de- democratically elected from Iran to Chile to fucking, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. has been overthrown by us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is why what you said last night uh, in chat, man, we were like, it's pure ideology. It's like no reflection, no introspection, no like actual looking at historical, like actual facts and shit like that. It's like, no, this is this is what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to the victors, right? Right. Uh, who claimed the end of history. Right. Well, and that again, and he'll get into it, but. By end of history, he means that there is no higher ideal than our system. Like, we've got the best, the cream Has of the crop. Has this motherfucker never seen Star Trek, dog? Like, how can you say that liberal democracy is the apogee, man? Come on, son. <laughs> it's supposed to be some post-scarcity society, dog. Come on. Um, That's like uh, you're just having some really mediocre sex and being like, this is the pinnacle, baby. <laughs> You know, you could keep going, you keep digging, you can explore what you like, you know what I mean? But that's just like, no. First first time I had it, I knew this was, I'd never feel this way again. Um, Over the past year, though, it has become evident that there are key weaknesses at the core of these strong, muscular states. The weaknesses are... Sexy-ass states. The sexy-ass, those sexy-ass motherfucking states. Imagine Vladimir Putin in like a Tom of Finland kind of garb. (laughs) (laughs) The weaknesses are of two sorts. First, the concentration of power in the hands of a single leader at the top all but guarantees low-quality decision-making and over time will produce truly catastrophic consequences. Second, the absence of public discussion and debate in strong states and of any mechanism of accountability means that the leader's support is shallow and can erode at a moment's notice. Um, isn't that kind of like a contradiction in terms? Like, he's saying that they're all powerful, but... But their support is actually shallow, which means they're 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 they don't have power. (laughs) Yeah. All powerful, but made of popsicle sticks. Yeah, it's, despite me yeah. just calling them strong for yeah, in the it's gayest the, way possible. It's the, <laughs> honestly, it's the classic fascist move. Yes, of like yes. you know they're the, both simultaneously strong yeah, and weak, right? Exactly, yeah, exactly. they are simultaneously exactly. the strongest imaginable and the weakest imaginable. Also, too, like I mean, this is like I mean, this is like goes without saying, but the second point, the absence of public discussion and debate. Like, motherfucker, do you think, like, regular-ass people in this country... I mean, sure, you get to vote, right, in a liberal democracy, but nobody gets a choice over, like, what the fuck happens, bro. You no. know what I'm saying? Like, where where what, where what our fucking military budget goes or how we spend that shit, dog? Like, what are you talking about, man? Or just look at any number of these, like, Starbucks employees that have been laid off for, like, trying to unionize yes. or, like... I mean, there are consequences for your actions in America. I mean, obviously, not consequences. You know, you see what I'm... You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you get... Mm-hmm. Uh, repressed. You will get fucking the the power of various states and institutions brought down on you. Um, supporters of liberal democracy must not give in to a fatalism that tacitly accepts the Russian Chinese line that such democracies are in inevitable decline. The long term progress of modern institutions is neither linear nor automatic. Over the years, we have seen huge setbacks to the progress of liberal and democratic institutions. The rise of fascism and communism in the 30s or the military 
coups in Damn. oil crises in the 60s and 70s. This motherfucker Again, just said, one no. of those things is not like the other. <laughs> also, too, military coups. Which military coups? Who got cooed? By whom? Right. Who sponsored no that? No mention, bro. And yet, liberal democracy has endured and come back repeatedly because the alternatives are so bad. People across varied cultures do not like living under dictatorship, and they value their individual freedom. No authoritarian government presents a society that is, in the long term, more attractive than liberal democracy, and could therefore be considered the goal or endpoint of historical progress. The millions of people voting with their feet, leaving poor, corrupt, or violent countries for life not in Russia, China, or Iran, Iran, but in the liberal democratic West, amply demonstrate this. So we destabilize these countries, and then people fleeing those countries come to the West. And the West has no culpability or responsibility at all in why people are leaving. Okay. Yeah, it's, Iran especially. Okay. All right. Right, 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 right. It's, it's uh, this very weird, like, things just happen in a vacuum. Well, bro, it's like, it's like history. It's like the zeitgeist, right? It's like this faceless, formless thing that just, like, kind of just chills in the aether, you know? Well, and, also, like, hovers over shit. exactly. It, it shows you what no dialectics does to a motherfucker. It's like, <laughs> why do you think those politics in those countries like Russia and Iran exist? Yeah. I mean, we they exist because of what we did, like how we meddled there. Exactly. To make it favorable to fucking, you know, Western capitalists to Germany. What U.S. Right meddling does to a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Stop meddling, motherfucker. Um, the philosopher Hegel coined the phrase the end of history to refer to the liberal state's rise out of the French Revolution as the goal or direction toward which historical progress was trending. For many decades after that, Marxists would borrow from Hegel and assert that the true end of history would be a communist utopia. When I wrote an article in 1989 and a book in 1992 with this phrase in the title, I noted that the Marxist version was clearly wrong and that there didn't seem to be a higher alternative to liberal democracy. We've seen frightening reversals to the progress of liberal democracy over the past 15 years, but setbacks do not mean that the underlying narrative is wrong. None of the proffered alternatives look like they're doing any better. All well, right, bro. Also, like, though, like it's, it's, it's one of those weird things where it's like, okay— also, it doesn't look like liberal democracy is doing so great either, so surely it can't be the end-all, be-all. Exactly. 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 I mean, the fact that, one, the fact that people like fascism is on the rise, and that, yes, there are left-wing politics, too, on the rise, but the fact that these ideas keep repeating themselves over and over and over again means that liberal democracy hasn't really worked out the contradictions of what to do with the self, right? You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's still, like, it's still, like, suffering from that, man. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's like this weird... I don't know, it's this weird admission in his own argument by, like, building it up so much and then presenting the various alternatives to it, he winds up showing its own weaknesses. Exactly. But he exactly. doesn't, I don't, I've not read well, the I book, guess though. I don't know. Well, I guess his point is that liberal democracy is like, uh, I mean, there are just some bumps along the way, you know? It's not perfect, but it's the best. Growing pains, because we're, we're still a baby country of more than 200 years old. <laughs> right, right. Oh well, it's like, even in, like, okay, even if that's the case for America, like, he's also talking about the West, you know, in Europe, too. And it's like, look yeah. what the fuck's going on in Europe right now. Europe is yeah, completely no. fucking falling apart. Oh, God, I mean, 
anyways. Europe's we, a garden, man. Europe is a garden. I forgot. I know. You're right. And the rest of the world's a jungle. <laughs> the rest of the world's a jungle. You forget. <clears throat> the weaknesses of strong states have been on glaring display in Russia. President Vladimir Putin is the sole decision maker. Even the former Soviet Union had a Politburo where the party secretary had to vet policy ideas. We saw images of Putin sitting at the end of a long table with his defense and foreign ministers because of his fear of COVID. He was so isolated that he had no idea how strong Ukrainian national identity had become in recent years. I fucking hate that sentence, yo. Can I just (laughs) say that I fucking hate that sentence? As a writer, I hate the fact that he uses this image of Putin sitting at the end of a table because he's of his fear of COVID and that tries to link it with him being isolated and he has no idea what's going on. You know what's going on in the ground of Ukraine? Dog, that, I don't know, that analogy does not fucking work, bro. Yeah. Like, you need to workshop that shit. Exactly. Go back like, to the first draft, dog. Yeah, it could, it might be true that he didn't understand, and I think, it, I personally think it probably is true that he had no idea what he was really getting himself into there. But, like, using the image of him, like, being icky about germs. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, was, some Howard Hughes shit. <laughs> <laughs> Wash his hands with lye soap like twenty times in the bathroom. It's just yeah. bleed. <laughs> Look at his fingernails. He 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 hasn't cut them in twenty years. Peas in jars. <laughs> he similarly got no word of how deeply corruption and incompetence had taken root within his own military, how abysmally the modern weapons he had developed were working, or how per- poorly trained his own officer corps was. The shallowness of his regime support was made evident by the rush to the borders of young Russian men when he announced his partial mobilization on September 21st. Um, Putin's legitimacy was based on a social contract that promised citizen stability and a modicum of prosperity in return for political passivity, but the regime has broken the de- that deal and is feeling the consequences. Um, Putin's bad decision-making and shallow support have produced one of the biggest strategic blunders in living memory. Far from demonstrating its greatness. Wow, dog. Not Vietnam. (laughs) (laughs) Not the fucking invasion of Iraq, yo. And Afghanistan. No, 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 man. That was us doing liberal democracy at its peak. Yeah. And so it's Listen, did we make some oopsie-doos? Sure, but our (laughs) aim was always to... Yeah, to spread is, the gospel. Did we kill a million democracy. people and displace another million? Yeah, we did. That is yeah. that is very interesting. Actually, it does on the face of it seem kind of like a trite thing to point out, but like when you actually interrogate it, it's like how can you call yourself like a historian or something and not see that as a symptom or manifestation of some larger convulsion yeah. occurring within like <laughs> yeah. you know the the political economy of a nation? I I don't know, but it, no, again, dog, it's, it's, it's all pure ideology. It's pure ideology, so you, nothing is interrelated with anything else. Everything happens in a vacuum, man. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta take that. You gotta t- hit that Narcan, man. We hit need a name. Narcan. We need a name for that, like uh, the equivalent, like uh, uh, Mark's can. Uh, I was gonna that's, say, that's what I was gonna Mark, say. Mark's can. Yeah, Mark's can. Mark. This is this is what winning the Johans Scott Prize in political science will do to a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, shit, you, you win. You win awards with obscure Dutch <laughs> economist names, and uh, that's how you know you've been tr- t- tallying at the trough a little too long. Um, oh, far from demonstrating its greatness and recovering its empire, Russia has become a global object object of ridicule, and will endure further humiliations at the hands of Ukraine in the coming weeks. I don't. 
think that's I don't know about necessarily true. true I mean, isn't like isn't Saudi Arabia right now uh, giving money to Russia and shit, weapons or some shit? I mean, yeah, it doesn't really to me look so much like uh, Russia's completely isolated. Like, well, people I, are hyped because they blew up the bridge the other day, right? Right, right, or, right. Or the pipeline. I mean, didn't I, dude? I have no idea what's going on. I'm well, not equipped at all to speak about this shit. To be honest, no me idea. neither. <laughs> we we made that caveat up front. We were playing fast and <laughs> <We> loose. <did. laughs> But let me say that it seems like we're entering what some pundits call a multipolar world, which means that I think various state actors will not necessarily gravitate towards the United States if it's not in their interest, Mm -hmm. just based on like you know abstract ideological reasons like saudi arabia saudi arabia is going to do what's best for saudi arabia in their exactly. fucking bottom line so like exactly. if it behooves them to go with russia or china who are the fuck ever they're going to do that they got no fucking reason i mean they have no ideological reason for it yeah they got no reason exactly and they have no ideological reason to go with the u.s either yeah they're but, just trying to get the bag bro you're right I expect it uh Trying to get the bag and also trying to ensure their own like long term sort of longevity. Uh realized Fukuyama worked at the State Department in the eighties, so perhaps that's why he kinda glosses over some of (laughs) big swaths of what we've done in certain places. During Iran Contra, yeah. Yeah. I wonder what he was doing. In fact he he worked with Scooter Libby and was according to the wiki was on the the steering committee of the Scooter Libby Defense Fund. Bro. <laughs> okay. Correction from earlier. He's a mm. he's apparently a, associated with the rise of the neocon movement. Um, oh, from, so he oh. is. A, so he's a chud. But he has well, no. He chud, says pivot. He's a right winger and is a and is a liberal. But True. Like yeah, a you're right, liberal. Tom. You're right. He's since he, distanced himself from neocon. Yeah, but he and not he was one of the people. You know, one of these foreign policy ghouls that was saying, "No, we need to depose Saddam Hussein and kill Osama bin Laden." That's mm. that's how we're going to give everybody their pound of flesh. Um, and yeah, he endorsed Obama in two thousand eight. In a two thousand eighteen interview, when asked about his views on the resurgence of socialist politics in the U.S. and U.K., he said. It all depends on what you mean by socialism. Ownership of the means of production, except in areas where it's called for, like public utilities, I don't think that's going to work. If you mean redistributive programs that try to redress this big imbalance in both incomes and wealth that has emerged, then yes, I think not only can it come back, it ought to come back. Interesting. This extended period, which started with Reagan and Thatcher, uh, has been a disaster, has had disastrous effect. At this juncture, it seems to me that certain things Karl Marx said are turning out to be true. Talked about the bro, crisis. I this motherfucker, you know this motherfucker's <laughs> doing. This motherfucker's try. He's trying to read the tea leaves and trying to yes. judge the wind. And he's trying to have like just enough in every pot so he can just go caucus with whoever wins. <laughs> and you know he can always I mean? be right. Exactly. So yeah. he can always be right. Yeah, he's a goalpost mover. <laughs> Yo, literally, that is what these people fucking do, dog. They just like literally like lick their finger and put it to the wind like a barometer, and then they just go with whatever they think is gonna win, man. Whatever winning argument or winning party, I guess. Yeah. Um, the entire okay. So going back here, um, the entire Russian military position in the south of Ukraine is likely to collapse, and the Ukrainians have a real chance of liberating the Crimean Peninsula for the first time since 2014. These reversals have triggered a huge amount of finger pointing and finger pointing in Moscow. Um, blah 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 blah. Something similar, if a li- bit less dramatic, has been going on in China. Okay. 
part of my like fucking alarmism last night was also due to the fact that like Anthony Blinken was basically basically just fucking firing from the hip saying that like we just need to go to war with China. <laughs> I mean like oh my God. Did you see that? I mean, I don't that's nah. not exactly that's not exactly what he said, but it was something of that. I mean, that's what he feels though. I'm pretty sure that they all feel that. Yeah, I go to my bookmark tabs and I'm just greeted with that fucking horrendous photo of Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm saying to Tom, what the fuck happened to that motherfucking dog? That's a bad uh, fall off. God damn. So Blink- that- yeah, Blinken says China wants to seize Taiwan on a much faster timeline. Um, which had a perennial favorite, Matt Stoller, saying that we need to fucking be gearing up for war. Like ASAP. Bro, I don't think I don't think these people want to go to war with China, bro. Like this is not gonna be like, come on, yeah. dog. Not, Y'all not remember, <laughs> it kind of, kind of got, I guess, kind of covered up a little bit. But y'all remember that ad that China ran for their military a few years ago? Yeah, yeah like, it's like this kind of highly produced thing mm-hmm. showing like basically every major able-bodied person like gearing up for it. <laughs> yeah. Don't they got? A, they got like. Don't they have the biggest standing army in the world? Well, I don't. I don't know anything about China, but I do know that nobody's fucking in this country is going to war <laughs> to fucking fight China. Also, also too, when he was talking about like uh, Russian POWs and like the fact that the Russian front's collapsing, it's like, yo, dog, like you think like in a modern American war, like American soldiers fighting, yo, they would fucking book it and run, dog. Like, don't yeah. make it sound as if that's unique about the Russian. You know what I'm saying? The Russian army. Right. Oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> mm, on, yeah, no, if the, you're exactly right. The exact same shit would... Like, if we invaded fucking Canada and Joe Biden was like, come on, man. You gotta <laughs> go fight. Go fight the... Maple. What are they? Uh, what's go the, fight the Canucks. The, the Canucks. Canucks. The Canucks, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yo, is that a slur? Hold up. Make somebody mad. Yeah, it might be, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'll give a damn. Um, yeah. Uh, anyways, something similar, if a bit less dramatic, has been going on in China. One of the hallmarks of Chinese authoritarianism in the period between Deng Deng Xiaoping's reforms in 78 and Xi Jinping's accession of power in 2013 was the degree to which it was institutionalized. Institutions mean that rulers have to follow rules and cannot do whatever they please. That is the dumbest fucking thing that I've ever heard in my life, dog. <laughs> <laughs> that is just... <laughs> dog. Pat that is false, like... too. <laughs> just false. False, bro. What are you talking about? Pure ideology, man. All right. Um, you... <laughs> Yeah, I I, uh, I hate to use the example, but you know how many fucking various, like, sub-states of the Third Reich there were? Like, various institutions, like the fucking SS and the SA and all this, you know what I mean? Like, it yeah, yeah. doesn't, it all- institutions don't necessarily mean, quote-unquote, like, cooperative decision-making. Also, too, what do you mean rulers have to follow the rules? What if they don't? What happens? Yeah. What happens <laughs> in liberal democracy, right? <laughs> exactly. I guess they get, quote, voted out. <laughs> right. Um, much of this has been dismantled under Xi Jinping, who will receive the blessing of his party to remain on as paramount leader for a third fifth, five-year term at the 20-party com- Congress. In place of collective leadership, China has moved to a personalistic system in which no other senior official can come close to challenging Xi. This concentration of authority in one man has in turn led to poor decision-making. 
The party has uh, intervened in the economy. <clears throat> the party has intervened in the economy. Wow, that's so bad, man. <laughs> Hoffling the tech sector <laughs> by going after stars such as Alibaba and Tencent. Uh, forced Chinese farmers to plant money losing staples and insisted on a zero COVID strategy that keeps important parts of China under continuing lockdown that have shaved points off of the country's economic growth. Listen, this is what I'll say, man. One thing real quick is that if China, if we can learn anything from China, I think it's a black bagging billionaires in the middle of the night and just disappearing them. (laughs) It's probably a fucking good move. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, uh, once again, I know very little about China. I am not one of these people that thinks it's actually communist or even necessarily socialist. But... It, they did have a headline recently where, yes, the black bag. <laughs> they sentenced him to death. That, they lit- that would literally be like if we sentenced Elon Musk to death. <laughs> Just fucking those to death. killed him. Like fucking strapped him in a chair. <laughs> like one of those like electric chairs. Like we went to Huntsville and got like an electric chair from 1914. Sizzled his ass. You had, kept having to sponge his head. Had with to water. do it like four or five times because it's the voltage. Kind of lost a little so bit low. over the years. Yeah, <laughs> the coils are rusted and shit like that. You got to dust them all. Yeah. yeah. Well, all right, fuck. Let's get the fire squad. All right. And who knows why they did? Who the fuck knows? Maybe that dude was like trying to do some power play against. G- who the fuck knows? I, yeah, I don't party. Know. But either way, I mean, either way, objectively, it's probably a good anyway, thing. Anyway, objectively, it's funny thing. that they did that. And that could yes. never happen in America. <laughs> oh no, we let we would let the same guy just like uh, control huge swaths of the government and uh-huh. or make, make baby formula about people's shit. lives. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> China, they yeah. just killed his ass. <laughs> Pretty tired uh, when you get down. <laughs> Pretty, yeah, I mean, hey, uh, yeah. Um, all of which is to say that, like. If that's a sexy-ass, muscular, authoritarian state, it kind of looks a little better than ours. <laughs> I'm kind of down to fuck them, bro. Let's go there, I'm, 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 Again, I'm not, I'm not saying that China is like whatever. I'm just saying that like in his, in his own terms, like what we've got going on here sucks fucking shit. And people what? know that. Like, I mean, truly, dude, like imagine what it's like to be an average American. Constantly, um, buddy, I don't have to imagine <laughs> <laughs> the epitome well, you, of you, I'm you, the epitome of just right, right down the middle, <laughs> just like living paycheck to paycheck, constantly saddled by debt, um, being demeaned at every fucking step of the way by like bureaucrats at the fucking county courthouse or a doctor. Or police, or police getting fucking just murdered in the streets for fucking looking <laughs> no at someone reason. the wrong, looking at a cop the wrong way. I mean, this shit fucking sucks, man. There's nothing about this that's good. And people know this shit, dog. And, and also, people too, know like, it. This motherfucker says that, like, you know, I hate this. Uh, this uh, zero COVID strategy doesn't work because the economy isn't. It's like, dog, we had like over a million people that died in this country. Called them essential workers. Six months later, went back and said they had to go back to work and just marched them into the Mall of Moloch. You know what I'm saying? Right. And these people want to talk about, like, oh, the zero COVID. They didn't, want, they didn't want people to die. They tried to prevent people from dying. Now, Aaron, be fair. The Kroger Corporation gave these heroes a free Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> they risked life and limb and lung to keep this economy 
from completely going off the rails. Yeah, I forgot about the and free the Kroger policy. Corporation <laughs> recognized that hard work by giving them a voucher for a one-time free Pepsi product. <laughs> Yo, dog, I swear to God, man. Yo, these people deserve to be in prison, dog. Um, or worse. Uh, let's see. Um. You know, and then his next points, uh, China cannot easily reverse zero COVID because it has failed to buy effective vaccines and finds a large part of its elderly population vulnerable to the disease. Well, so do we. So I don't Effective? Really what do you talking about effective out. vaccines? Oh, no. Oh, um, what looked two years ago like a triumphant success in controlling COVID has turned into a prolonged debacle. Again... Oh, and America's doing just yeah, fine, exactly. bro. Yeah, exactly. Again, you throw that out. Like, I just... Again, uh... That does that is not your honor, your honor. It's uh inconsistent line of argument or some bullshit, whatever. Argumentative <laughs> thinking sustained. Uh, all of this they comes failed to on... secure effective vaccines. Uh, <sighs> like every goddamn person didn't get jabbed, didn't also get fucking COVID. Like ours is the you know the coup de gras fucking effectiveness. <laughs> That's true. They had us fucking get three goddamn shots, and every person I know got COVID. Still. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all of this comes on top of the failure of Chinese China's underlying growth model, which relied on heavy state investment in real estate to keep the economy coming. I so I mean, paragraph, there is some state. There is some truth to that in the sense that like China. I think for the first time in like 20 years is posting like uh, they're they're not posting as big a percentage of growth as they have been. And that could be owing to all kinds of different uh, Mm -hmm. reasons. Uh, (laughs) Murdering a billionaire. (laughs) Taking a murder. It probably takes a lot of money. You got me pretty quickly. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> spread the G spread that shit out to the Communist Party homies yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me not belong. I don't know. I don't I see I don't know shit, bro. I don't know shit, dog. <laughs> Basic econ- economics suggests this would lead to massive allocation misallocation of resources, as has in fact happened. Go online and search for Chinese buildings being blown up, and you will see many videos of massive housing complexes being bro. dynamited because there is no one to buy apartments in. Shut the fuck up, bro. <laughs> I live in Atlanta, dog. I live in Atlanta that has, like, one of the highest fucking rates of, like, homelessness. And just, like, the fact that you walk down a block and, like, half of the homes are fucking blighted, bro. And yeah. nobody's living in that shit. You want to talk about oh, China has ghost cities and their blowing apartments? Shut the yeah, fuck up. Yeah, dude. Francis, I just challenge you to just hop on a boat down the Kentucky <laughs> River and come take a little tour of where we're at. Yeah. Oh, I mean, my God, dude. In this country, you're right, Aaron. It, it like, in this country, I, well, first of all, I love that sentence. Go online and search for Chinese buildings being blown up. <laughs> Motherfucker, first of all, I'm already online because I'm reading this shit on the ideas page. First of all, I'm not going to Google anybody, anything that a guy that worked at the State Department in the 80s tells me to. Okay? Yeah, exactly. Also, if you wanted me to Google it, you could just put a hyperlink in your description. You know what I'm saying? In the words. You know what I'm saying? You could just add a fucking hyperlink to it, dog. It's like, it's like the think tanker equivalent of like your buddy in sixth grade being like, go, dude, go online and search for boobs. <laughs> Search for two girls in one go, cup. Go, Crazy shit, bro. Uh, go to whitehouse.com. 
That was the classic example. <laughs> oh, shit, uh, man. But then, like, second of all, like, we blow up plenty of shit here, too. Like, how many fucking, like, neighborhoods have just been leveled to, like, make way for fucking football stadiums? Or economic or like yeah, the economic <laughs> development pro- a fucking cop city in Atlanta. Yes, they're tearing down a forest for a for a fucking cop mock city. Come on, dog. But see, when you're when you're operating off pure ideology, you don't have to talk about any of this shit, man. Uh huh. Because it's hip- generally as, it's generally assumed that the people reading this are not going. They either agree with it or they're not going to look this shit up, man. Right. <clears throat> um. Oh my God. These authoritarian failures are not limited to China. Iran has been rocked by weeks of protests following the death of Masa Amini at the hands of the morality of the police. Iran is in terrible shape. <laughs> <laughs> it faces a banking that's a, crisis. That sounded like he was talking about like people that cancel people on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, the woke police. <laughs> at the hands of the woke mob. It faces a banking crisis. Do what? No, nothing. I, I, did, I didn't mean to play fast and lose with that going on over there but it's just coming out of his mouth yeah <laughs> well i guarantee you he has said that in like a private salon somewhere about like, about like woke culture in America, yeah it's sure. like you know how in iran they have morality please it's almost like we have that here too we man. have the woke gestapo we have the, <laughs> and the woke gestapo, <laughs> woke gestapo. um uh, Iran is in terrible shape. It faces a banking crisis. Gee, I wonder why. I wonder if that has anything to do with the fucking sanctions we've put on them for the last 50 fucking I'm years. I'm waiting for him to say because of the backwards Muslim practice of not charging interest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, is running out of water, has seen big declines in agriculture, and is grappling with crippling... International sanctions in isolation. Okay, <clears throat> again, you can't like that. That, that is so. You can't say international sanctions and just have it be like the international <laughs> sanctions are just an act of God that just happened, yo. Exactly. Like, dog, they one day just... we just woke up and we had international <laughs> sanctions, bro. <laughs> like, we woke up and it's raining today. What Listen, the there's only about? so much man could do about new about nuclear <laughs> treaties, but. <laughs> That's like just aliens. They came down and put international <laughs> sanctions on them. And then, they like, just and, went away. And, then and then the other things aren't again aren't their fault. Uh, running out of water, the declines in agriculture, like the fucking climate crisis is a thing that's been happening. Like what? It's just, Which it's, is perpetrated by like fucking like the imperial core, like countries right. like the United States. Oh, um. Amazing. Despite its pariah status, it has a well-educated population in which women constitute a majority of university graduates, and yet the regime is led by a small group of old men with social attitudes several generations Oh, nothing like the United States at all, dog. I hate this motherfucker. I hate this motherfucker. God damn, I hate this motherfucker. He really dropped, he really dropped old white men in there. He did. He really did. He did. A motherfucker who talks about identity politics as a as the uh, the end of history, man. Well, he's got a he's he's covering all his bases, guys. Yeah, he is, man. He's like casting a wide net here. He is. Um, it is no wonder that the, which by the way, okay, I what is it? What is his current job? What the fuck does he do na- right now? Predict every now and then the end of history. He gets paid. He's been a senior fellow. Think tank to do that. Yeah, uh, fellow. He, at oh, the, he's at the Rand Corporation. 
Ah. Exactly. Wait, hold on a second. Wait, hold on a second. He's a council member of the International Forum. Found about da, 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 Was a member of the political science department of the Rand Corporation. God damn. He's also one of the 25 lay offended. He's taught it. John Hopkins, George Mason. Yo, he might possibly Stanford. be one of the most low key evil motherfuckers ever, yo. He's a dumb fuck. I mean, he didn't kill anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, like well, I mean. His ideas. I don't know. No, he didn't kill anybody personally, but he's pretty fucking evil, man. I kind of like his style. I he's just like nah. his chaotic style. Yeah, he's just he's just constantly like, you know, you can never pin him down. Like he's yeah, he's, he's like maneuvering, grabbing yeah. from here, take it from there. Yeah, yeah, can't um, be pinned down. The only country that qualifies as even more poorly managed is one with another dictatorship, Venezuela. Which has produced the world's Venezuela. largest outflex of refugees over the past decade. Um, yeah. uh, celebrations of the rise of strong states and the decline of liberal democracy are thus very premature. Okay, we're coming to the money shot here. We're we're in the mm. we're in the home stretch. We're in the final paragraphs. Um, uh, celebrations of the rise of strong states and the decline of liberal democracy are thus very premature. Liberal democracy, precisely because it distributes power and relies on consent of the governed, is in much better shape globally than many people think. Despite recent gains by populist parties in Sweden and Italy, most countries in Europe still enjoy a strong degree of social consensus. It's like, what the fuck? How can you say that at this? Like, there's like two that are barely hanging on. Barely. It's like France (laughs) and and Germany. (laughs) Germany, that's... Also, also to say that, like, liberal democracy, I feel like you shouldn't be able to say liberal democracy without adding, like, the bourgeois in between liberal and democracy, because that denotes, like, a class kind of relation, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the fact that, like, what are you talking about when you say that it distributes power? No, the fuck it doesn't. Not if you don't have any fucking money, you uh-huh. know what I mean? It relies on the set of the governed. No, the fuck it doesn't. No. Again, if you don't have any fucking money... We, we live in a bourgeois democracy. That's what a liberal democracy is, you dumb motherfucker. Yes, exactly. It's the thing yeah. that you're supposed to love so much, you don't even know what the fuck it is. Yeah. God, man. Uh, the big question mark remains, unfortunately, the United States. Some... Oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I love that this motherfucker, <laughs> as a person who's focused on the American project exclusively... America is like the elephant in the room in this uh, piece, and he just gets to it at the end. At the very well, end. Hear, just gets a couple of parting mansions. <laughs> yeah, you hear all these little countries about strong states and, like, authoritarian, like, leaders. Well, what about this country that elected Donald Trump? Word, okay, word. <laughs> Some 30 to 35% of its voters continue to believe the false narrative that the 2020 election was stolen, and the Republican Party has been taken over by Trump's MAGA followers who are doing their best to put election deniers in positions of power around the country. Okay. Um, as Tom and I were talking about on Sunday, yeah, okay, 30 to 35% of its voters do continue to believe that, yes, it was stolen, or who the fuck, I don't even know. But a fucking significant amount of liberals also think like that... What were we talking about on Sunday, Tom? Like the Hamilton uh, election? Yeah, you cannot. Dude, <laughs> Democrats have been trying to overturn every goddamn election that didn't go their way for the last 15, for the last 25 years. You go back to yeah. Gore Bush. And most of them do go their way, and they still won't do shit about it. Yeah. Because it's not I in mean, their interest to do shit about it. So, I mean, I really, I mean, on balance, the Republicans have been much, much better, like, 
uh, sports about losing than the Democrats have. That's just, I mean, truly, that's just objectively like, true. You're, like, how can you say we live in a democracy when the people ostensibly who are in a position to change that dem- democratic thing where they yeah. they win but they lose won't do shit about it dude i I mean like it's like here it's like in the south right it's like here where we are it's like dog they like they complain about like these you know right wingers especially in the south place like the rural areas but they don't campaign out there right and then when they get power and they're actually able to fucking like change the way like the voter map is they don't do shit you know Uh or they don't they don't they don't try to like tackle like voter disenfranchisement or anything like that so it's like dog right come on man is that democracy i mean i uh... (laughs) I don't know. Is it democracy when you get to like cut like uh, like a part of a highway, a sliver of a highway, and make it like a fucking district or some shit like that? You know, <laughs> like when it's shaped like a fucking like a T bone or some shit. Uh, like that? Come on, dog. Shaped like <laughs> a goddamn Twilight Zone swirl. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> This this group does not represent a majority of the country, but is likely to regain control of at least the House of Representatives in November and possibly the presidency in 2024. The party's putative leader, Trump, has fallen deeper and deeper into a conspiracy-fueled madness in which he believes that he could be immediately reinstated as president and that the country should criminally indict his presidential predecessors. Well, they ain't wrong about that last one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with my boy Trump on that last one, man. <laughs> Send him all to jail, bro. <laughs> there is an intimate connection between the success of strong states abroad and populist politics at home. Politicians such as Marine Le Pen and Eric Zemmour in France, Victor Orban in Hungary, Matteo Salvini in Italy, and of course Trump in the U.S. have all expressed sympathy for Putin. They see him and they see in him a model for the kind of strongman rule they would like to exercise in their own country. He, in turn, is hoping that their rise will weaken Western support for Ukraine and save his flailing special military operation. Liberal democracy will not make a comeback unless people are willing to struggle on its behalf. Struggle. I wonder I, what he means by struggle. I'm pretty sure it's not the Marxist conception, right? Yeah, I'd say we got like, two different look, ideas. I hate on to that break one. it to you, Francis, but people were struggling on his behalf when they stormed the fucking Capitol on January 6th. <laughs> that it was an expression of bourgeois democracy. They were doing yes. it in their own fucking interests. So the like, liberal democracy that you so much love, and I'm sure the United States is the best example of that, yeah, right? Like what I, I like would it fucking blow your mind if I told you that like the decayed, decrepit, like, monkeys, curdled paw form of liberal democracy is fascism. Like, the two exactly. are in kind of, like, dialectical operation with each other. It's the gateway to fascism? It's, uh, yeah, it's not you know fucking, I mean? like, th- there's a reason that it can't just exist in a static state. That you can't, like, you just get there, and then, like, that's it. You're in the glory well, land of fucking, well, it's just... Well, dog, this whole piece, I know we're about to finish it, but this whole piece is, like, he's trying to justify... The continued existence of liberal democracy, even though he even mentions the fact that like it's flailing, and it's like, well, dog, why did communism and fascism arise, right, to deal with the contradictions of liberal democracy? I know, you know what I mean. That means something inherently is fucked with the system, bro. If something, if it keeps, <laughs> yeah, if it keeps destabilizing and decaying like this, like every ten years, of, bro. Yeah, doesn't it yeah. kind of indicate that like it's not that fucking great? And you have to keep coming up with, uh, you know, alternative systems, both bad and good and otherwise, to to combat it. Yeah. If it's yeah. so uh-huh. goddamn good, you'd think people would just be content with it, you know? <laughs> also, struggle again. I can't believe he really just said that. Struggle, struggle. on his behalf. I wish, like, I could ask him, like, what do you mean by struggle? Do you mean people in the streets? Do you uh-huh. mean people, people voting? Pussy hats. Or do you hats. mean people just, like, having good ideas? He's talking about pussy hats. He's talking, yeah, hats. yeah. Uh, The problem is that many who grow up living in peaceful, prosperous, liberal democracies 
begin to take their form of government for granted. Oh, we they take have... the form of government for granted. <laughs> Not the motherfuckers who have all the money and shit like that, dog. But and this this is this is the line that fucking because they have never experienced an actual tyranny, they imagine that the democratically elected governments under which they live are themselves evil dictatorships conniving to take away their rights. He's like, listen, black people, women, gay people, trans people, just poor people generally. It doesn't matter what color, what creed, whatever you are. You people have never experienced tyranny well, in the United States. That's the thing, like it's just that's what makes it so shallow. It's like you're literally going to sit here and try to tell someone who has been ground to a fucking pulp by police, debt, jobs, low wage, rent, every everything. And you're going to tell them that, like, no, actually, you have Disease rights now. and it's fine and that's not tyranny. Like, yes. no one is going to buy that. And therefore, your whole fucking your whole fucking project is not worth struggling for. So, no, I don't know. You, I don't know. Again, pure ideology, but... Uh, um anyways but reality has intervened the russian invasion of ukraine constitutes a real dictatorship trying to crush a genuinely free society with rockets filled with and nazis base. my bad okay <laughs> okay maybe not filled with nazis okay let me chill out let me chill out okay maybe not filled with nazis okay but i mean like come on dog a genuinely free society man Bro. Every picture I see, yo, I saw this shit the other day, dog. I think we all saw it. You saw it, Terrence, where this motherfucker, this guy from Idaho, Idaho. Had a the veteran, pay pay went patch. to go fight you. Yeah, with, with the pay, pay, pay yeah. with the pay, pay for the frog patch, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, every picture you guys take of these motherfuckers, there's always some, like, not <laughs> Immortalized as a hero in the, in the paper record, too. <laughs> <laughs> it is very fascinating, and I can't stop thinking about it, because, and it, I don't know, man. It does seem to indicate that, like, a lot of sort of recomposition of political thought and movement does seem to hinge on various right-wing energies and momentums in Mm. the sense that you have a right-wing government in Russia fighting a right-wing populist movement in Ukraine. It's like, it's this weird thing where, like, at a certain point, you would think that they would be like, wait, we're on the same side here. We're on the same side Why are we... Not the Spider-Man pointing at each other thing. (laughs) Exactly. exactly. I mean, I guess guess it does come down to, like, I don't know, like, regional or ethnic identity, and and maybe that has a a lot to do with it, but... Wow, Terrence blaming the world on Slav brain. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Interesting take. Uh, <laughs> but now no, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say that, like, my point being that, um, it you do seem to have like uh various things happening around the world where you've got these like right wing populist insurgency movements in sort of decaying former liberal democracies, and you've got. Uh, so you've got that situation, um, but then you've got the situation of like China, which mm. is not. I mean, I, I just for purposes of categorization right mm. now, I'll just call state capitalist. I don't mm. know what else how else to put mm. it. Uh, like kind of trying to do things their own way and and spread their own hegemony. I don't know, man. I just think it's very fascinating that a lot of the sort of ideology crafters and elite you know whispers mm. and everything they see mm. this like china taiwan 
Russia-Ukraine thing yeah. as the pivot around which all, <clears throat> you know, future American hegemony will uh, operate. We'll be exp- yeah, well, you, like you said earlier, it's like a multipolar world, right? And I mean, like, this is what makes it like sort of like, I mean, I guess if you're on the left, right, you're kind of like, you know, you're in a position where you're like, yo, fuck the United States for sure. But also, I don't know if I agree with everything 100% this other country is doing just because they oppose the United States. Right. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, China's not my, uh, my like, right now is not my perfect ideal society, but uh, I'd probably rather live there during the end of the world than here. During the actual end of history, I think I'd rather want to go into my head. <clears throat> yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah, like for real. <laughs> uh, but that, I'm at the same time, I'm under no illusions. That, that society's probably completely riven with its own contradictions, exactly. and you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, totally. Exactly. Uh, As was well, the Soviet a, Union, right? During well, I mean, like, right? there's this Twitter account that you can follow actually that like covers all of the labor strikes and unrest in China. Like, I mean, there is a working class in China, and like oh, they, yeah. their labor is exploited, and they. Just, you know, like anywhere else, they try to gain their own power and footing against the people exploiting their labor. I mean, um, it's just that their political economy is just a little different. Like how they accumulate capital. The process of a capital accumulation is just different than it is in the United States. And and allocation, right? Right. Uh, Okay, we're at the very end here. Um, yeah, genuinely free society. By resisting Russian imperialism, the Ukrainians are demonstrating the grievous weaknesses that exist at the core of an apparently strong state. They understand the true value of freedom and are fighting a larger battle on our behalf, a battle that all of us need to join. Nah, I'm Even good, if bro. you have Pepe. <laughs> I'm good, bro. I'm not, I'm not joining the... If you have not licking ours with the, with the Nazis, bro. I'm good. Also, too, like... <laughs> also, too, bro. Like, the very... The very the, like, I, I wonder... Like how, and you know what, Fukuyama seems to be the the Kanye West of like uh, of historians. So maybe his views on Palestine would jibe with his views on Ukraine resisting mm. Russian imperialism. I hope he feels the same way about the Palestinian struggle. Man. I'm gonna say I, I'm gonna do Control F on his Wikipedia actually, page. Palestine, no, nothing. Actually, comes up. I, I might be. It would be surprised. Nah, hell no. The Rand yeah. Corporation. There's no way this motherfucker supports Palestine, dog. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I got I had to think about it for a minute, though. God, he's God, such a dumb dude. motherfucker. I love yeah, him. I hate this motherfucker, bro. He's a dumbass. Dumbass. I hate this motherfucker, man. Like it's like I was saying earlier, man. Like I didn't realize like how harmful. Like I mean, it's not just him. It's like people like him, but how harmful their thinking was during the like the eighties and the nineties after the collapse of the Soviet Union. He's probably one of the most evil motherfuckers, low key, man. <laughs> <laughs> probably, man. Yeah, uh, well, his uh, work history <laughs> does not very uh, does not inspire confidence. To the contrary, uh, <laughs> it does not. Yeah. <clears throat> oh my god, man! Yeah, well, that was a hell of an idea, man. Well, between two thousand and six and two thousand eight, he advised Muammar Gaddafi. So I don't know. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, that's just part of that casting that wide net, you know. Yeah. Well, actually, wait, wait. actually, no. He's- that was he, bad. You saw it panned out for Gaddafi. Everything yeah, that's what I'm about to turns to bronze. <laughs> exactly. Yo, what was the radioactive man, yo? What was the last year? What was the year? The la- the year that he did that for? 2008 was the last year. Well, hey, wait, got, when, did, he, when did Gaddafi Hillary had it marked in, what, 2011? Yeah. 11 he said, or 12? He said, he said he sold the seeds for that, man. 
Man. He set it up for Hillary. He set up the alley-oop. She dunked that shit right in. He, yeah, he is a stupid <laughs> motherfucker. Another hobby of his is sound recording and reproduction. Dog, imagine you're in the studio with Fukuyama. You're fucking hitting lines off the board. He's chopping it up and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I wonder if What's his producer tag? Right. Oh, that's a good one. Fuck your mama. In, in, the, <laughs> yeah. in the history on mama. the beat. Fuck your mama. Fuck your <laughs> This is a fuck your mama. If you're not down with fuck your mama beats. <laughs> fuck your mama. Get ready for the end of his story. <laughs> there's should a little, a, that should be his first LP, man. There's a little history. subliminal. <laughs> you know, his producer name's Ghost of Kiev. Holy <laughs> 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 oh, shit, bro. He explained, these days I just seem to spend as much time thinking about gear as I do analyzing politics for my day job. Bro, I, like, I Yo, <laughs> I need to hear those Fukuyama drops, man. Does he, I, w- I, need I, w- to, I wish he would just stay to music instead. Just stay in music, man. Just, <laughs> just stay in music, bro. Quit. This is an example where you should quit your day job. Quit your day job, bitch. Go, to, go back to the studio. <laughs> Please. Yo, you you know what I'm thinking? You should uh, I'll give you a suggestion for the the for the episode art. Uh, have y'all <laughs> ever seen? Uh, I can send it to you in the chat. You ever seen? He's an Instagram account, obviously Fukuyama. Which when I found out he had Instagram, I was like, yo, this is insane right now. But like, he has a he has a picture of him shopping wearing a mask a couple years ago, and I think he's shopping at Whole Foods, and he says about to rob the Whole Foods or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah. Dude, what we need is a. F- we need a Fukuyama Kanye collab for the most incomprehensible yes. thing imaginable. They're just like, yo, Nietzsche, Kant, Marx, it's Hegel, <laughs> ISIS, Obama, Osama. You're like, Maybe what the perhaps, fuck? perhaps, uh, perhaps, like the surest sign that somebody's getting ready to take a horrible turn in their politics is if they start echoing Hegel but completely decontextualized. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That actually uh, that probably should... is a truism. <laughs> yeah. That actually probably is a, a truism. Somebody You're starts invoking right. Hegel, like sort of divorced from a Marxist context, watch out. <laughs> they have no idea what they're talking about. Run, turn and run. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's like Kanye putting Hegel on the shirt, man. Yeah. Yeah. God, dude. Oh, man. Man, son. All right. I'll oh, another one. I'd say, yeah, I'd say we got as much out of that as we're going to get. And uh, <clears throat> so. I can't believe, man. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening this week. Please go to the Patreon, P-R-T-O-N.com slash Trillbilly Workers Party. Dial it back two weeks. <laughs> I got Terrence. This took two letters out of that. P-R-T-O-N. <laughs> P-R-T-O-N. Parton. Like, the, the syllables of the cousins and some shit? Parton. But, dude, I've like been... Like, there was I'm, a license plate number or some shit like I'm that. telling you, dude, I've been fucking, uh, like, missing letters and, like, reading words wrong. Like, I think I've got a fucking... I think it might be it. I think I've actually got a brain Long tumor. COVID. You got a brain tumor? Oh, man. CTE? Mm-mm. Um... Well, go to the Patreon. Like I said, go to check out the episode from two weeks ago. Um, dog, here's here's a photo of Fukuyama in the stew. He's oh, in the he studio. The uh, he in the lab. He in the lab he right in now. The lab. He's in Look, the lab. Cutting it up. He's cooking oh, yeah, up. Dog. Damn. Damn. You know what though? I will say it's it is. Well, I don't want to use the word encouraging. I'm heartening maybe, but 
it is a uh, I guess it's nice to know that a uh, a guy with a deranged brain like this is actually into things other than politics. <laughs> like, he, just, yeah. he just makes yeah. music on the side. Like it's pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. You know, what I mean? I'm not hating on that shit. You know, it makes him a little more relatable. It's like, dog, you're completely incomprehensible and dumb as fuck. I, yeah. All right, I get you. All right, I just, like you beats, just like <laughs> just me. Just like me, motherfucker. <laughs> oh God, dude. Uh, all right, oh, man. Yo. Okay. All right. Well, uh, thank you for listening to us, and uh, tune in next week, and tune into the Patreon, mm-hmm. and uh, I won the, I won the legal battle between you me and Tom. Don't let so, anyone. So wait, forget what are you awarded? Are you getting an award or something like that? Uh, attorney's fees, attorney's restitution. Fees. Nice. Tom has to pay me three million dollars, and. Nice. Uh, yeah. The Alex Jones You'd have when you yeah, pried out you... my cold dead hands, you son mm. of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, all right. Well, we'll see y'all next time. Thanks for listening. Peace out. Bye.